Do you want to reach the people that you love most with the good news of God's grace? Join author and international evangelist Sammy Tippett as he interviews Christian leaders who will ignite your passion to bring others to Christ. I want to welcome you back to this session where we're sharing about how to share your faith in Christ, how to share Jesus with other people, what he's done for you. And I'm with Wayne Jenkins, who uh, we're both Louisiana guys, grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, been friends for many years, and Wayne has been training people uh, for many, many years on how to share Christ with other people. So, Wayne, thank you so much for, Thanks for, asking me. Uh, for being a part of this. And we were, we've stopped last time talking about praying not for people who need Christ, but praying for us, labor, uh, for, for laborers, people who need to go in and share. There, there is a harvest. There, people are ready. People are hungry. I believe that God has people ready. We just need to be ready. But there was one thing we didn't talk about that just quickly before we get into this other, and that is the way we live. Yeah. Uh, the, our, the way we live is going to make a great impact on how, how we share. Exactly so right. we need to be praying for our lifestyle or changes that need to be made in our own way we live. Or well, it, it, when when Paul when Paul back to that Colossians uh, chapter four passage when he talks about praying in our speech and praying for opportunities and clarity in our speech, he goes on to talk about our lifestyle as well and uh, living before that person. If what we live is not in, in sync with what we say, then we, we, will, we will take and destroy everything we've said. So how we treat that person, how we live our lives is vitally important to sharing the gospel. In fact, the only place in the scripture where it talks about sharing the gospel with, uh, without a word is the wife uh, Living a life before that husband who is lost, mm, right. and and so it's a it's a it's a significant part of the whole laborers. So, so that is sort of the the platform from which we are able yeah, to share. And if we're exactly if right. the platform's torn down, then we oh we're in bad shape. We, yeah, so we we need to have a platform, and the platform is really the way we live, the way we treat people that they need to see our good works and glorify the Father. Yeah. Now, so okay, we build this platform now. We're, we're building the platform, and so how do we share? How do we pray for the people? We're going to be talking to people um, that may be really opposed to us. Some may be very open to us. There can be a variety of types. Of, how do we pray for those people? I, I think the first thing we need to do, we, we pray with the understanding that it's not God's will that any man be lost. That's, that, that's that, clear. Perish. Yeah, that any man be perished. But But then we need to pray in light of their condition. I think... Most of us uh, who we're talking to have been saved long enough that, that we've forgotten what it's like to be lost. And so we have to go back to the Scripture. What does the Scripture say is a condition of an unbeliever? Yeah. So we who know Christ need to be uh, remember what it was like before we came to Christ. That's right. So that's the first thing, to pray, and, pray for their condition and... You pray in light of their condition. In light you know? of their condition. And, and, you know, the Bible talks about them being blinded by Satan. You know, they can't see. They've got to have their eyes open. So we're going to pray that that God will open their eyes. I, ca- I can't open their eyes. I can share the gospel, but he's the one that's got to open their eyes. And, and so I think that's, this is a critically important thing because we need to remember this is not, we're not being salesmen. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're this is a spiritual thing that we're doing. People's right. eyes are blind. So we need to pray that that, that happens. Okay, go ahead. And and the, and there, there's several passages that, that tell us that, that, that a man is bound. You know, he's bound. He's, he's in the kingdom of darkness, 
And what's got to happen, he's got to be translated or transferred into the kingdom of his dear son, according to the Scripture. So he's got to be set free. I can't set him free. I can give him the message that sets him free. But again, that's the power of God, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, that, that really sets him free. Just So pray for, for them to be set free. Uh, you know, uh, my brother, uh, you know my brother, yeah. and you met my brother, and, and he tells a story about this. And I prayed for him for years and years and years. And after 25 years, he, he was an alcoholic. And uh, he called me and he said, Sammy, I got to tell you what happened. He said, a policeman pulled up behind me. I was driving home drunk, you know, and he pulled up behind me. And I thought, oh, no. And he arrested me. He said, they put me in jail. I was in the cell with a guy there for first-degree murder. Oh. <laughs> and he said, and he said, you know what I did? I said, what? He said, I called on the name of Jesus. Okay. And he said, Jesus set me free. The judge wanted to send me to a, uh, uh, you know, therapy and all this. And he said, I told him, he said, you can do it, but Jesus has set me free. And from that day to this day, He's free. And, and that's what you're talking about. There are people, only God could have done that. I, exactly I shared Christ right. with my brother, but only God could have done that. So we need to pray that they'd be set free. And, and that bondage is just a symptom of the real bondage. Yeah. You know, we've got all kinds of bondages out there, but that bondage is a simple, it's just a symbol of the bondage that he's in in, in the kingdom of darkness. And then all of us, everyone has that bondage yeah. and it's expressed in different ways. What else? And, and the Bible says, not that they will be condemned, but they're already condemned. We need to understand that man is, is condemned as he stands right now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's his condition. And he is hell bound. I think if somehow we lose sight of that, we're going to lose sight of, of, of really that person that's next door, that person that may be a brother, maybe a mother, or maybe a father, that that person is going to end up eternally separated from God in a place called hell. Yeah, you know, I, I think we've lost the sense that there is even an eternity. That's right. You know, that this life is just, this life is not the whole. This is just a short little portion and that we will step into eternity with God or without God, and it's a dreadful thing to step into eternity without God. That's so, exactly right. What else? Uh, according to Ephesians and some other passages, Colossians, we, we, we're spiritually dead, uh, which is a, a picture of, of where we are, that that a man, uh, I can stand over a casket of a man at a funeral. That man can't resurrect himself. He has no power to resurrect himself. Now, uh, that's the way a man is who's who's an unbeliever. He cannot save himself, but uh, he he he's got to come to the place of realizing the only one that can bring him to life is Christ. Mm-hmm. And the message that we share is that message that Christ can give him a life and bring him new life and. Uh, but the way he is right now, he's spiritually dead. Bible goes on and talks about him being hopeless. No hope in this world or the world to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's terrible to live without hope. One of the one of the three top uh, things of needs, needs of, of of Americans today, and, and I think it's worldwide. And it depends on where you are as to, as to how how far that raises on the bar. But I think it is the word hope. It's the number one, and it's the hopelessness that people face. Doesn't matter what you have, you you can be wealthy, you can be poor, but but you live with an utter hopelessness in your life. You know, I, I there's and then I don't want to get into a medical thing because I know there's some medical things with this, but a lot of depression comes from when people feel hopeless. That's right. A lot of suicide comes from when people feel I don't have any more hope, and you find a great rise in at least depression. I know not only in American culture, but I found. All over the world, there's this rise, and I think it's because darkness is getting it's getting darker. But anyway, okay. So, a young hopeless. man, let me just say, young man in in, in in college when I was there, Sammy, 
lived next door to us in a in a uh, when we got married and committed suicide. I went in and found the suicide note, and and the suicide note, the latter part of it, I, I remember all of it just like I read it for the first time. But the latter part of it says, "But I've lost hope in everyone and everything." I mean, and and that's where he was. He was just hopeless. We need to, so we need to be praying that they would see the hope is in Christ. Yeah, that, that's right. That they would see hope in Jesus. Okay, go ahead. And and then they're helpless. I, they, they can't they can't help themselves any more than what we talked about about the spiritually dead. They they no matter how hard they may try because it's a man's not justified or saved by his works. So he he's helpless. Okay, so this I, I think is probably one of the most difficult things because. Everybody thinks, oh, I can do it. I don't need any help. Yeah. I can do it myself. And the truth is, you can't do it. We need to be praying for people. We need to pray for them in light of all of these things in this condition because we cannot raise them from the dead. We cannot give them hope. We cannot uh, do it for them, make them help, give them the Only Christ can do that. Only Christ can remove the blinders. So you need to begin to pray in light of the condition of the people you know, realizing it's deeply, deeply spiritual. You're not a salesman, but you pray for the people that you know who need Christ. A radio talk show host wrote, From the first paragraph, Sammy Tippett's new novel grabs you by the throat and refuses to let go. Running Home is a powerful story of redemption, revival, and hope. Sammy Tippett has written a fast-paced mystery that intertwines an unusual romance, a heart-wrenching kidnapping, desperate praying, and an outpouring of God's Spirit. You'll be kept on the edge of your seat as you read Running Home. Get your copy today at sammytippett.org or amazon.com. I am so excited about sharing how to share your faith and talking about that with Wayne Jenkins, uh, Wayne is Director of Evangelism for the Louisiana Baptist Convention, and you have taught people how to share Christ with others for so many years, and so we appreciate uh, all that you've done in the past and what you're doing right here with us. And And we were talking in our last session about the condition of, of people and, and how we need to pray in light of that condition. Uh, n- now, I want us to turn the corner a little bit on that and say, okay, what what are the things that we need to pray for them? What does the scripture say about that that condition? How do we pray for them uh, for people who who need Christ? One one of the things we want to pray for is is that their hearts would be receptive to the message. Uh, uh, if you're even praying for that laborer as he goes, are you praying for yourself as you go, and you praying for that person that their hearts would be receptive? When you read the parable of the of the souls. Uh, the seed, there was nothing wrong with the seed. That's the Word of God. I mean, it, it, never anything wrong with the seed. But it, it fell on different kinds of soil, and it was the cultivative soil that it, it, it found a lodging place. So we pray that, that God may do a work in that person's life, whatever that may be. It may be a series of events. It, it may be an illness. It might be a positive thing. I, I can recall one, one couple that uh, were lost, and uh, they had the birth of a child, and that opened the door to sharing the gospel with that. It was a good thing, but it was it was a thing that cultivated their heart to be receptive. Yeah, and so, I, you know, my mother, I remember I prayed for 25 years for my mother, 
And uh, <laughs> she was a tough lady. And she had gone through a lot of difficult things in her life and had some bitterness there. And, but I prayed and prayed and prayed. And over those years, you could just see God softening her heart. And I would share yeah. with her. And, and then one day she called me and said, I need Jesus. So we pray for that receptivity and God will open their hearts. That's Only right. God can That's make exactly them receptive. Right. Okay. What else? Well, we talked about them being blind. And one of the things we want, we want to pray for is that their eyes would be open. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can, they can read the gospel. In fact, we may, we'll talk about one of the tools that we'll give them. You know, if it may be a Mark New Testament that you give somebody and you're praying for them that as they read those scriptures that you have marked for them, that, that God would open their eyes that have been blinded to the gospel. Uh, it may be, I, I had a young man that, uh, uh he, he just said, I, I can't believe in God at all. And I gave him Josh McDowell's book, More Than Just a Carpenter, and prayed that God would open his eyes. He, he read it all night long, came back the next morning and said, I, I understand now. I want, I'm ready to trust in Christ. You know, I have some friends who, uh, lived in Iran and they were, there and, and someone gave them a New Testament. They began to read it and it was just like, wow, I didn't know this about Jesus. I mean, it was, it was literally what you're talking about here. Their eyes were open. The whole family came to know Jesus. Right. And so, uh, just tremendous. So we, we pray for, and, and, and one of the things I want to just keep reminding everyone is remember, we're going to be sharing. We're going to be using some things later on, some methods and things. But this is a deeply spiritual work. Exactly so, right. so we need to pray for people's eyes to be open. What else? And 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 they've got to repent. Mm-hmm. The Bible is clear on that. Except you repent, you will all likewise perish. I mean, there's several places in the Scripture you've got to repent. So we pray that they would repent of the life that they've been living. Repent of their their unbelief. That's. And not just of a sin, but of the, the sin of unbelief, and that they would do that about face that, that repentance is talked about. Yeah. And, and let me just give a definition yeah. for repentance. That's the right. word repent, and, and you're referring to, uh, Luke 13, verses 3 and that's 5, right. where right. Jesus, Jesus said that. Right. That's <laughs> right. you repent, you'll perish. But that word repent means to have a change of heart, a change of direction, a change of mind. So right. there's there's this transformation that takes place. So we need to pray for for them, and we can't change ourselves. We need to pray for God to begin to work into them that they are willing to turn, willing to turn away from that to turn to Christ. Yeah, it's it's one thing to say I believe, but but that that, that belief has got to, got to come to the point of repentance. Right. Okay. That they what turn. else? And uh, and then. And then the other thing, I think once they come to Christ, uh, we, we don't quit praying for them then. We're praying for a total and radical transformation. Uh, they're babes in Christ. It's just like anybody else. They, they've got to learn to walk. Uh, uh, they may have some habits. I remember Roy Fish, uh, my, uh, uh, Dr. Roy Fish, my old professor of evangelism, had talked about a guy that he was witnessing to out at the airport that was a pilot. And he'd see him all the time. He said when he, when he, when he would eat with him out there, he said at first he was using some pretty rough language. Mm-hmm. Said he never corrected him, and then said one day he came. And he just prayed for him, and one day they sat down to eat, and he he let one of these words slip out, and he said, "You know, I shouldn't be talking like that now that I'm a believer." Well, that's what we're talking about. They're just a simple sample, but it's of the whole lifestyle. And, and we all have this, by yes, the way. That's right. We're that's always right. in this continual process of of being changed. But we, we need to, especially, you know, uh, uh, when someone comes to Christ, like you said, they're they're a new babe in that's Christ. Right. The Bible says they're born of the Spirit, but they're 
born as babes. And so they need care, and, and a lot of that care comes from praying for them. That's right. So, And I think one other thing would would would, would be an act of obedience, that they, they too would be that person who would begin to share, and you would help them. Now, one of the things that, that, that I find is some people think that some people are impossible, that, that there's, there's just no way I can take that person and give him the gospel, and he'll ever change the way he lives, the kind of person he is. Uh, when you when you read about the rich young ruler, mm-hmm. uh, he comes to Christ, he rejects, uh, and then and the and then Christ says to the disciples, "This is difficult as a as a for a rich man to be saved as it is for a camel to go through an eye of needle." And then we spend the rest of the Bible study hour talking about the what, what was the eye of the needle. Right. That's that's a mute point. He's talking about it's difficult. What's not mute is that they go on and say, "Well, who then can be saved?" And he says, "With God." Nothing is impossible. And I think that's what we need to hang on to with these people that seem impossible. Remember, with God, nothing is impossible. Pray with that in mind. And, and you know, and you talked about the Scripture, what the Scripture says. In early American history, in the church, in the Christian church, uh, I, I know I've read of these evangelists who would go into town, these towns, and they'd say, who's the meanest, worst, drunkest, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever, yeah. most, uh, you know, despicable character in, in town. And, and then they would key in on them. They would pray for them, and then they would share Christ with them. And when that person would come to Christ, I mean, the word would spread throughout the whole town. And then the whole town sometimes, the entire town would come to Christ. That's exactly right. Because... That people would see, well, if God can do it for that person, then God can do it for me. Right. And 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 you see that, and it's it's, it's sort of an interesting thing to see. So we need to pray. The impossible is is what we need to be praying yeah, for and praying that's about. Right. And and those people that I think sometimes there are those people that are closest to us that we just think. I've done everything I can with my brother, and it's just impossible. Yeah. And but we can't give up. We ought to repent of our lack of faith in a God who works the impossible. Yeah, and see, with my mother and my brother, I would say that that was that. I was, sometimes I would say, oh, man, I just I just want to quit praying because it just seems so hard. But God wouldn't let me. He okay. wouldn't let me keep praying. And my brother, by the way, and I hope people don't think I'm saying something out of line here, but my brother tells me, he says, Sammy, Tell people everywhere you go what Jesus did for me. Amen. And because God, God set him free, as I said, you know, I mean, he, he, his life was hopeless and God set him free. And as a result of that, I mean, he just, he's, he's a simple guy, but just wants people to really know Christ. So we, we, let's, let's run through this list right. real quick. First of all, we, we, we've got to pray for the laborers. We talked about that. Right. We spent a lot of time. You, Pray you, the Lord of the harvest, that he had send forth laborers. The problem is not the harvest. The problem is we don't have enough laborers. Right. And then we begin to pray for the individual. We pray in light of the scriptures what kind of condition they're in. Right. And and then and then from there, there are some things we pray that their their heart would be cultivated, okay. that, that the seed would be there, that their eyes would be opened by the Spirit of God. We pray that uh, they would they would repent, come okay, to that place of thing. repent. And, and, and then, and, and believe, and then there would be a total transformation of their life when they come to Christ, and then they would begin to obey Him and sharing their faith too. So now you know how to pray for people. So what you need to do is start praying and then let God do what He wants to do. Amen. We hope you've been encouraged. If you'd like to hear more, visit sammytippett.org. There you'll hear podcasts, watch daily devotionals, and obtain books by Sammy that will ignite your faith your love of family, and a passion to reach others.